Steve Rode and Damon Day are coming at you fast, getting you out of debt with their true romance. Steve's the ying to Damon's yang, and they are here to save the day. A couple debt superheroes, Steve and Damon, coming your way. Well, let's get to it. All right. I was running a little bit late because I was actually on my AmericanExpress.com and I was uh, adding um, the benefit of spend 250 at Hilton Hotels and get $50 back because I'm about to spend $800 on a three-night stay at the Hilton in Arizona. Yeah. Who says credit cards have no benefit? <laughs> that would be Mr. Ramsey that says that. But well, So you got, you, know, well, you got 50 bucks back? Well, I will. Once I use the card to pay for the rooms this weekend, um, then I go in and redeem it on my statement. And, you know, and this card in particular is the, the platinum card. And, you know, there's there's no limit. Well, there's this, they say there's no limit, but there is a soft limit. I mean, yeah. you know, they, ha- they kind of have an eye on you, but you got to pay it every month. There is no they, there's no interest rate on that card because it has to be paid every month. So, I mean, what's the downside? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not like I cannot yeah, pay you're it and get charged interest. I mean, you know, so, but hey, it's 50 bucks. It's 50 bucks. Well, it's better to get money back on that than. Uh, Can I ask you, if you want all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. <laughs> Amex might have a reward program for that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's their ultra platinum program. Because... Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hey, I've got this for you. And uh, this will sound very familiar. It's a good introduction for the show today. This is a doozy. We are following an intense storm known as a bomb cyclone that is howling across Colorado tonight. Sound familiar? Yeah. um, I'm surprised the microphone's not picking up the howling coming through my window here at this hotel. Governor has declared a state of emergency. High winds and heavy Blowing snow have made travel next to impossible. Here in Colorado, renewed concern about avalanches tonight. And about an hour south of here, a hundred or so motorists stranded along Interstate 25 after a 50-car pileup. Some of those cars have now run out of gas. So this is my house. Well, and they say it's like a Category 2 hurricane back where you normally It's a land hurricane. (laughs) Yes. It's a bomb cyclone. Hey, but you know what? Watch how we take this around to being about debt, okay? Sometimes you can never predict, all the time you can never predict when your phone's going to ring. It's my wife. She's, she lost power. She's at the house in the bomb cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> Put her on airplane mode. <laughs> not now. I don't care if you don't have power. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> the podcast is more important. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, you know, the, you never know when there's going to be some sort of disaster accident and you're going to need emergency cash. This is why preparing for the future, even if you don't have any cash available, at least having a good credit score can be important so that you can uh, tap those credit cards in an emergency at least. Uh, yeah, sorry. I was just making sure everything was all right at the house. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, it's important because... Knowledge is power! Absolutely. You don't... Well, less turn than... the lights on? Well... Today I learned that morality is relative. <laughs> yeah, you want to make sure the lights are on at home. What do you do all day? Just find sound bites? Yeah. Hi, okay. I'm Maurice. I'm an executive by day and a wild man by night. <laughs> That's me. 
Oh, yeah. I'm an executive by day and a wild man. I'm Maurice. I'm an executive by day and a wild man by night. (laughs) If you'd like to buy me a beer, I wouldn't mind. I'll come to Colorado. I'll buy you a beer. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't fly in today. No. In fact, I I looked and all the airports were closed. Uh, When I looked earlier, I'd sent you that copy of the screenshot. I think the winds were up to 95 miles an hour at that point. Yeah, I was right up by my house. I, I I told my wife and other two kids they should just come down to the – I'm about an hour south of here. It's really windy, but we, we don't have the whiteout blizzard conditions. Yeah. And I'm on I'm on my way to Arizona, so you can meet me in Arizona. It's nice and sunny. We'll go fishing tomorrow. How are you an hour south of here? Um, no, an hour south of where my wife is. Oh, okay. Well, you know, that I, – I got that. That's I understand. Southern Colorado, Steve. Okay. All right. Uh, so any burning, uh, issues going on with you this week? People actually like the show for some reason. <laughs> I had a flashback of my doctor visit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Cough. <laughs> no, you said burning issues. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it hurt when I pee? Oh, wait, that now. Dad was my anus. <laughs> right. You can't, you can't team me up like that. No. Uh, so... Listen, we have a new feature that allows people to call in with questions. And, uh, you know, there's no screening these things. So in a moment of disclosure, being honest with our two listeners, I do (laughs) need to let you. Well, no, um, I just watched them. They just dropped off. So we we only have two now. (laughs) Hunter can hear us from the other room. That counts three. Okay. Well, uh so we opened the voicemail line. People can call in with questions. And the only questions that we have this week are from you and me and people that we know. All right. Uh, this has to be the, my favorite one. The phone number to call, by the way, is 919-391-7976. Hey, this is Steve Rode. If you've got a question you'd like to ask on the Get Out of Deck Guy show, hey, just call and leave us a voicemail. It's simple. 919-391-7976. 919-391-7976. Don't be afraid to leave us a message, and we'll answer it on the podcast. Suck it up. Well, this is what happens when you open the recording line, okay? Hello? Is this thing on? Am I listening to me? Well, um... I have, I'm leaving a message for um, uh, Damon and Steve. Um, I'm a longtime listener, and God, you guys really suck. But I don't have anybody else to turn to. Nobody else gives free advice, so you know you're really the only ones I can ask these questions to. And this world dilemma. Well, anyhow, I've kind of lost interest, so I'm going to hang up now. Bye, bitches. <laughs> We've risen to a new low. <laughs> you have an answer for that caller, Steve? No, I've lost. Uh, I've lost interest in that caller. <laughs> uh, and then we have this one. I, you know, I swear this person sounds very familiar. Hey, I think I said I could leave a message right now, uh, guys. This is uh, Bob and. I just want to tell you that you two are the most brilliant debt people I've ever heard in the world. You are so smart. 
You are incredible, and I bet you're just as handsome in person, too. Uh, I'd like to know what happens when I can't make my car payment. Um, and I'll take my question off the air. Thank you. Bye-bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye-bye. <laughs> what happens when you can't make your car payment? Yeah, and, uh, you know, also we need to take the question off the air, so I guess we're not going to. Blah, gonna... blah, 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 blah. We're just not going to get around to answering that one. Oh, we can't answer that on the air? No, I can tell. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Damon, what the hell happens when you don't make your car payment? The bank doesn't get their money. And? Then they might want to take your car. Next. That was easy. (laughs) (laughs) You got to pay to keep the car. They they throw you a parade. (laughs) They take you to dinner. Hey, real quick, just so I know, because I, I didn't put on my good hair today. Yeah. Um, you said there was two. You Are we live? You said there was two people that were on and they were leaving. Or so, what is what is this program that we're doing here? No, this is it. This is a good is it live? Like show. People, can people like listen live as we do it? Yeah, there's you and me. It's two. But nobody else can like listen live until you fix it in post, right? Correct. That's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because this- I, I got my bad hair on and my in my stretched collar shirt. I'm in travel mode. <laughs> no, no, no. The the raw unedited version of this show is uh is not fit for prime time. It, like an old college professor said to me once, he goes, "That paper you turned in, that dog ain't gonna hunt." <laughs> so. He said the raw unedited version isn't fit for prime time, but really neither is the edited. <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, people get what they pay for. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Why was I okay yesterday? Yeah, I don't. I still don't know. That's still one of my favorites. Hey, did you get the text of my uh, Duke Cannon bloody knuckles? <laughs> Where did you buy that? I buy it um, at Cracker Barrel. They oh. sell the stuff at Cracker Barrel. The whole Duke Cannon line? What, they have, yeah. what, hairspray and... Yeah, the Duke Cannon Bloody Knuckles, formulated to repair the hands of workers, fighters, and world champions. Had to buy it. At Cracker Barrel. <laughs> At Cracker Barrel. All right, we got another question here. Uh, this one actually is a little bit more serious. Hi. Hi, David. Damon and Steve. My name's Hunter, and I'm 10. My, I'm calling for a friend. He needs to file bankruptcy, but he's too afraid. What's your opinion? You know, there are a lot of fifth graders that are afraid to file bankruptcy. I I can totally understand that. He didn't specify the age of the friend. Well, they might have been, you know, like out on the playground or something. And he is uh, probably familiar to you. So, uh, you know, might carry your gift of gab and financial wisdom to elementary school with him. He he might, but he was very nervous to leave that voicemail. Uh, He did a great job. (laughs) I told him he'd be famous. <laughs> no, you meant infamous is what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were actually some uh, other things that went on this week. Last time we talked about a college, uh, Argosy University. We talked about it potentially closing. And uh, you'll never believe what happened. Argosy University students received some bad news when they checked their email Wednesday night. Probably last night was when most of us really, like, it really sunk in. Their school could close on Friday. The school is shutting its doors. I'm feeling very frustrated, um, very upset. Hello. My name is unimportant, and unfortunately, you're dead. (laughs) Another school closes. Argosy is uh, history now. 
didn't didn't we kind of? I don't remember. I, honestly, I don't remember the conversation, but I'm just guessing. We assumed, didn't we assume it was going down in flames? Oh yeah, no, it was. It had every uh, every indication it was going down in flames. Now the interesting thing about this is, Argosy University and the other for-profit schools were actually purchased by a uh, Christian nonprofit that wanted to turn these things around. This also included eight of the Art Institute campuses. And bless their heart for trying. But, I mean, this was a lost cause from the beginning. And now more students have got student loan debt, the school's closed. It's, you know, it's, it's a ton of misery. Yeah, college debt is good debt. <laughs> Watch out for imitators. I'm the real deal. Be careful. Be careful. All right, real topics. What are we getting into today? National farm debt. Farmers are in trouble. I mean, ever since I've been helping people with financial problems since the early 1990s, before I think you were conceived. Um, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, you're a young fart. Um, <laughs> farmers have been struggling with farm debt uh, and just trying to make ends meet. In the past year, they got absolutely hammered with uh, tariffs and reduced foreign purchases of their products, and they've had to take on a lot of debt. National farm debt is expected to reach the highest level since 1982. Deller says producers will still carry that debt when prices improve, which could have long-term impacts on farm suppliers and other rural businesses. You've seen this when you've been dealing with small businesses. They overcome a difficult financial problem. And, I mean, do they recover from that immediately? No. No, usually not. Yeah. Farming's hard, man. Yeah, the margins are tight. And not only is it – this farming is the example that I like to use when people say they feel bad about filing bankruptcy. So if it doesn't rain and the crops don't come up, is that farmer a failure? I mean, really, or is that just an act of nature? How can you feel guilty about that? That's true. All right. Have you uh, had any farmer clients? You know, I don't. I don't think I have. You're no. Too, you're In too... all the years, I'm trying to rack my brain. Yep. Of course, you didn't give me a heads up. You're going to ask me this, so I might have been more prepared. But I just, I off the top of my head, I cannot think of uh, a, a client that was a farmer. So I searched high and low because I wanted to find a successful farmer. And uh, I contacted a number of different farm organizations. I said, hey, can you put me in touch with somebody who's really doing well? Because, you know, I want to highlight a success, a farmer who's really making it. So they put me in touch with this guy. And we talked for about 20 minutes. I interviewed him. And uh, it was on a live radio show, in fact. And we finished the radio show. And he called me back later. And he said, Steve, that... That interview was amazing. I'm so glad I did it. We got the word out. He goes, but can I ask you something off the record? And I went, yeah, sure. What? He goes, oh, dude, I'm so totally screwed. I can't believe it. <laughs> the success story was <laughs> was just lying. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I know. But hey, farming's hard. I'll say it again. Yep. And, you know, corporate farms are taking over. They develop the economies of scale and the benefits that come with large industrial managed farming, and they can deal with small margins where your, your little guy just can't. Yeah, sucks. It's the way the world turns. 
All right, Damon, you've said before that uh, the government needs to get out of student loan debt. Why is that? Because they're screwing it up. Why? Because they're making it way too easy to get money, and all that extra money flooding into the marketplace just causes the prices to go up. You know, you don't realize how brilliant you sound, especially. I, you know, you know, I, I just might though. <laughs> well, but but your belief is you need to. You got to learn how to fudge it the budget. <laughs> yeah, it's the American way. So let's pa- let's uh, back your statement up against this little news story. The government being involved in backing student loans has increased demand and has driven the cost of college through the roof, so much so that many of the educations never sort of return their value in terms of the types of jobs that the graduates can get. We need to get them out of the way. We need for colleges to have skin in the game. We need for students to have skin in the game. And we need for the lenders to make decisions in ways that they make all other kinds of loan decisions. What's the credit worthiness of the applicant? So are you an a student versus a C student. See, there you go. It's the same old argument. Government money, easy money, only drives up the cost of education and allows people to go to college that maybe, maybe shouldn't. That's a, that's a hard it's message just, to swallow. It's just too simple. But the problem is, you know, people want to, you know, you get the stuff about everybody should go to college and all this stuff and uh, you know, make emotional decisions and feelings matter and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, just take Econ 101, your first semester. Yep. And it doesn't take a rock scientist to figure out why college is skyrocketing. <laughs> it's just simple. Well, more spe- money available. They're going to charge more. Well, especially now, where you know we've been through this easy money phase, and you've got colleges that have invested and made obligations into hard brick and mortar stuff. They now have to pay for. So yeah. if the government all of a sudden contracted easy money for college you would have a number of schools closing. Yeah, but that's necessary because many of them probably shouldn't have been open in the first place. Or they should have been a lot smaller than they are now. But, you know, and you can go back to, well, now, you know, you can't let us fail, blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is if the government never stuck their nose in it, we wouldn't be in this problem. That's standard industry practice. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's simple. Have the government get out of the lending and then restore bankruptcy protections back to student loans like any other debt. And the marketplace, it would be a rough patch for a lot of people, but it also help a lot of people, and it will, it will correct itself fairly quickly. You know, you're very passionate about that. That was good, bro. <laughs> Bunch of hookers and cocaine. <laughs> Unfortunately, with some of the students out there, that are considering going to school, that are just getting in on a commissioned student slaughter hearing is. Oh, bro, it's just like, dude, you got the best barrels ever, dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. And you just drop in and just smack the lip. Drop down, snap. And then after that, you just drop in, you just ride the barrel and get pitted. So pitted like that. Then you graduate from the Art Institute and you become... And I do consider myself a refined Valley dude. You just have a lot of student loan debt, that's all. <laughs> I'll say, he sounded like a coastal elite to me. What, the refined Valley dude? Yeah. <laughs> and I do consider myself a refined Valley dude. dude. No, no, no. Oh, no, the no, other one? The, the surfer sounded like a coastal elite. Oh, bro, it's just like, dude, drop in. Just ride the barrel and get pitted. So pitted like that. I have no clue what pitted is. <laughs> well, I get pitted when I'm in the Midwest in the summertime. 
<laughs> well, I, I get pitted when I eat olives. That's about as hip as I am right now. That's because... Making mistakes is normal and natural. Yep, and going to school can be a mistake for people. If you haven't thought this out, you're just embarking on a whole bunch of... You know, Damon, I, it, I try to be very polite and politically correct when people say to me, I have $85,000 of student loan debt for a degree that never got me anywhere. You know, there was no forethought. I don't want to beat this to death. I, I just feel bad for people. Yeah, I, I know it sucks, but what, what are you doing? Can you go in the room, please? Thank you. Traveling with kids totally sucks. <laughs> don't you have, Shut like... The door, please. I give him one instruction. Don't open the door when I'm doing the podcast. Yeah. Does he can't help himself. Didn't you bring the industrial Velcro to stick him to the wall? I, I had to actually pay extra to get the two-room suite so I could have one room by myself so we could do the podcast. But, you know, I might as well just got the studio. Save well, some money. He's going to be in here anyway. When he's a little bit older, you're going to be hearing this from the other room. Oh, thanks for that, Steve. <laughs> now, my problem is I have the attention span of a gnat, and I get distracted easy. So door opens, and I go, squirrel. Squirrel. And then I look back to you and go, what was I saying? Well, look, I don't want you to feel bad. Uh I got to decide what to play next. The, I actually have a news clip here all queued up, ready to go, that has a really good title on it. I have absolutely no recollection what it is. So <laughs> the two of us are going to be surprised when I push this button here. People are giving me such a hard time since I'm not actually following the debt snowball method as, um, you know, like Dave Ramsey's method because... I'm skipping to my Discover card and getting that paid off before paying off the two smaller ones. Okay, that's great. I understand it now. I remember. It's uh, about strategy. How should people repay their debt? I mean, does it really matter? Should they focus on the smallest debt, the highest interest rate? You got an opinion about this? They should. Actually, yeah. I mean, my opinion on it is people should implement the strategy that works for them. <laughs> there's a lot of different ways to do the same thing and they need to do whatever they're comfortable with, whether it comes to budgeting or spending plans or debt snowball or debt avalanche or debt roll around the hill or whatever the hell you want to call it. Debt roll you around gotta, the hill. I just kind of made that up. <laughs> the whistles got whoo! I'm going to write my own book. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to call it? Debt goes around Red the Rover. hill. Red <laughs> <laughs> well, so no, they should do what works for them. A lot of people, when they, uh, you know, listen to financial advice, the only thing Nebo they hear... You know, none of it really sounds familiar. They don't know what people are saying. I think I agree with you that ultimately what people should do is whatever works best for them. Some people are motivated by paying down the smallest debts first and watching creditors disappear. Other people yeah, are motivated I... by making the best financial decisions, focusing on the highest interest rate debt and taking years to pay that off first. Yeah. I was talking to a client last night and, uh, um, well, she's not a client yet. She may be a client, but it's just an initial conversation. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about, um, you know, the cash envelope system, yeah. you know, the old carry cash. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I can't imagine people doing that. Yada, yada, yada. And she's like, you know, the funny thing is it just really works for me. It takes me back to my days when I used to waitress and I had a lot of cash and it was just, it's really comfortable for me. And it's like, it just reminded me of, oh yeah, something like that would be completely impossible for me to do. I never carry cash. But for her, it was a good method and it worked. 
and it allowed her to stay within her budget and not overspend, and she liked it. So, you know, you got those people that would say, oh, cash, that's so archaic and outdated and da-da-da-da-da. But for her, it works really, really good. Whistling Dixie, bitches. Yeah. Uh, Great. No. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this is why mom doesn't love you. <laughs> we can't get any worse. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks for the segue. Hey, we have another voicemail, Damon. Oh, good. I wonder who it could be. Yeah, Stephen Damon, how are you guys doing? This is Johnny Confucius here, a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, any, anyways, um, uh, Steve, I just got to tell you, I don't know where you found Damon, but that guy is so hilarious. He's, he's just a comedic genius. So he doesn't know much about finance, <laughs> but he sure is damn funny. He is. Uh, I don't know where you funny. found him, but uh, you better pay him more money because, uh, you know, he needs his own show. He might just get one. So anyway, I have a question um, regarding, uh, you know, federal student loans. And, you know, I've been trying to figure out how to lower my payments. They've been kind of strapping me lately. And, you know, I'm single. I've got no dependents. And I've been calling around to these, you know, federal student loan, you know, debt relief help type outfits where uh, I've been responding to some flyers in the mail. And when I call them, I talk to them about how to lower my payments. They they keep asking me about, you know, dependents, and I tell them I'm, I'm single. And they'll ask me things like, well, do you ever give money to people on the street or do you ever buy a friend dinner or anything like that? And they keep saying that, it, you know, if I give money to people or buy Christmas presents um, for family members, then I could actually lower my student loans. So I'm just really confused um, by that and why they are asking me if, you know, giving money to homeless people actually can lower my student loans. So, um, uh, Steve, would either you or Damon clarify that for me? I would, I would certainly appreciate it. And keep up the great work, guys. You're awesome. No, you're awesome. Thank you so much for calling. <laughs> Who's awesome? Oh, you're awesome. <laughs> Who's a good caller? <laughs> yeah. Johnny Confucius, he sounded confused. Oh, my God. That guy sounded amazing. I wish I could meet him in person. Should have his own show. Yeah. What would it be called? I don't know. Johnny Confucius. <laughs> Johnny Confucius asks about student loan debt settlement. I mean, uh, debt relief agencies. You can tell none of this is pre-planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you start an answer line, but you don't have anybody who has called it yet. You have to make you up You just told me to call and say something. <laughs> well, you did. You did. Okay. Listen, you know, um, this is this is not a joke. This is actually a voicemail that my uh, cousin got today and she was all concerned when she got this on her voicemail and uh, I think the average person would be too. Here, here's the message. The team of our department is investigating you and your family. We had tried to notify you regarding these issues in previous six months but we had never got response from you. Never got so response. It had never been got considered response. as an intentional fraud and lawsuit has been filed under your name by the United States government. You may call our department number on to 01-380-6972. I repeat it's to 01-380-6972. Thank you. You know, I, I can understand how that would concern some people. They think that they've been sued by the United States government 
I honestly, I don't know how that works. I just don't. I, I mean, you can't figure out that's not a real person talking. It's all the syllables are pitched off. I mean, it's like somebody riffed a meme off of Facebook and got the computer program <laughs> to read the language. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's exactly, but, but that was followed up the day before with this call. Connection filed on your social security number for criminal activity. So when you get this message, kindly call back to us at the earliest on our number, i.e., 631-228-1688, I repeat, 631-228-1688, before we begin with the legal proceeding. Thank you, and have a nice day. <laughs> a nice day. Thank you, and have a nice We're suing you. We're starting legal proceedings. Thank you. Have a nice day. Well, it used to, I think, so what had happened was, you know, there used to be all these overseas guys, and they would have a really bad accent, and then people figured that out. It's the Indian call center, whatever it was, or whatever. So now they've figured out how to try to make it sound more, you know, I don't know, local, <laughs> and try to get this. I don't know. That, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like, I it just, I I mean, I get it that maybe somebody would think it's scary, but it's just, it's not a real person. Well, it's not a real person, and if you get a call like this, you, you know, don't call back, don't respond. You can do some research first. I mean, if you've been threatened with a lawsuit, you can generally for free go to your county courthouse website and search and see if your name might be attached to any uh, lawsuits that have been filed. And if you get an automated message like this, it is not going to be the U.S. government. It's not going to be the IRS. It's going to be some scammer trying to scare you. And I can understand how it works, right? The IRS will send you letters. Yeah. They will send you a whole series of letters. (laughs) And come over, take you out to lunch, and, uh, you know, maybe buy you dinner, try to woo you. Yeah, and then see if you try to write it off. Yeah. (laughs) It's a a trap. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see if he writes this one off. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, uh, debt settlement. Uh, I mean, uh, student loan assistance companies have been telling people for years now, I think you and I have been talking about it for, what, at least four or five years, maybe? Three or four years? I don't even think my beard was gray then. (laughs) I had hair. (laughs) Um, But we've been talking about how the student loan assistance companies have been helping people to erroneously list what they're income and expenses are in order to get lower monthly payments. And uh, Johnny Confucius called and and said that, you know, if you give money to just anybody, can you claim them as a dependent? Oh, we're circling back to that, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. Okay. (laughs) No, it's actually a a really big issue. And, And the problem is, you know, number one, these student loan assistance companies, most of them, you just got these sales guys there. And their motivation is to help you lower your payments so you will love them so you can pay them money and not think too much about it. And when, when you're looking at any of these government you know, programs like the IBR, or the repay, or ICR, or anything like that, the, the payment is really just based on two factors. It's based on your, gross, your adjusted gross income and the number of people in your house that that supports. And the, the big problem with this is um, – it's, it's kind of like the IRS. Like you can, you, you know, when you do your taxes, you can write whatever the hell you want on your tax return and you can submit it and that'll be fine unless you get audited, right? But if you don't get audited, 
you get away with whatever you submitted. Nobody looked at it and questioned you. And that's what's going on with these, you know, student loan assistance companies where they say, well, they figured out that nobody at these uh, student loan um, uh, servicers are manually reviewing these applications and questioning things. They're just accepting them. And if there's only two factors that you can use to fudget the budget, yeah. as some people say, right? Wait, wait. Where have I heard that before? you got to learn how to fudget the budget. <laughs> there you go. Well, they do ask you to verify your income. So you're going to have to submit either a previous year's tax return or um, uh, you know, pay stubs or, or, or something to that nature to prove your income. So it's very, it's a lot more difficult for them to fudge factor number one, which is your adjusted gross income. But factor number two, which is how many people you support in your household, you can just write a number and nobody's really checking it. But you know when they probably will check it? Yeah, when you get when your you loan get, forgiven. When you get to the end of the you know 10 years for the public service loan forgiveness, if it's still around, or the 20 years for the repay, or the... 25 years for the repay if you have uh, 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 graduate loans or 25 years. That, at that point, when you're asking them to waive 200 grand yeah, or whatever it is, 20, list of those years down the road, that's when somebody's going to look at it and say, oh, yeah. So back in uh, 2013, what were the names of the 15 people living in your house that you supported right. on your income? Yeah, And, and you're going to go, huh? And if they're dependents, why aren't they on your tax return? Yeah. Well, the other thing, your pen, you know, it is kind of a gray area where they don't necessarily have to be on your tax return to qualify. Um, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but it's pretty much they have to live within your household. I'm pretty sure I have to go back and look, but you have to provide more than 50 percent of their support. Like if it's an elderly parent living with you or something like that, um, even if you don't claim them on your tax return, they can sometimes still qualify um, to help lower your student loan payments. But giving money to a dude on the street or buying Carpool. Christmas presents or yeah, that stuff. No, it, it doesn't fly. But the problem is these student loan assistance companies can get away with it. You don't know any better. And by the time the chickens come home to roost, right, that company is going to be long gone, you know, and you're going to be thinking, Oh, I'm about to get my student loans forgiven. And aha, guess what? You got to start all over. I mean, it's going to let, let's record this episode and that way we you can mean- play it in about 15 we years. We are. Recording. Oh, yeah, we are. Okay, yeah, good. It's a podcast, dumbass. All right. Well, so, you know, 15 years from now, when the person calls back and says, hey, student loan assistance company, why did you put me in that in that mess? You know what the company's going to say. Don't get Nothing, your knickers in a twist. <laughs> what was in a twist? Don't get your knickers in a twist. Oh. No, they won't even say that. They They'll will be gone. be gone out of business. And Long you're the one going to be holding the bag. So it's in, here's here's the takeaway. Understand what you're getting into. I know it takes some effort, but don't just hire a company that says we're going to lower your payments and not question what they're doing and ask to see the actual. I've seen applications where they've literally written 12, 15 dependents to get that that payment down to zero or $10 or whatever. And I would ask that client, you know, when they're coming to me to review it later, and I was like, Who's the 10 people? They're like, what are you talking about? Because they never even looked at the paperwork. Right. They had no idea what was getting filed on their behalf. Yeah, you know, they they just don't pay attention. I don't know. That's not an excuse. <laughs> I don't know. You can't use that, you know, when you're saying the, that you're lowering your payment, your, your, your federal student loan payment with bogus numbers. It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
I think it's going to come home to roost. Yeah, but these guys are going to make a lot of money in the meantime. I, well, I just what I don't understand. Anybody from the Department of Education is listening. You, you, you make them verify income. Why don't you have some kind of verification for the, who they're going to claim as dependents? It wouldn't even be that hard. Even if you just ask to name the people, you know, how many and what are their names, right? I, I mean, this is a. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't know. be that hard, and it would solve a whole bunch of. It's just going to be a bigger. All they're doing is kicking the can down the road, and there's just going to be a big. And I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but oh hell yeah, here's what's <laughs> happening. They're going to be able to deny hundreds of thousands of people this forgiveness they thought they were going to get because of these fraudulent applications that these companies are filing on their behalf. Yeah. So now that you say that, it's not in their best interest to to help people. Yeah, but it gets better it because when this does blow up, the form that is filed is not filed by, it's not under the name of the student loan assistance company, right? They're filing it on behalf of the consumer. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. The student loan assistance company, what do they call themselves? Just doc prep. We're just doc prep. Yeah. We don't give yeah. advice. We don't give legal advice. We just fill up the form for you. Yeah. But, but we filled, we, we decided what to put on the form, but Hey, we're just doc prep. That's standard industry practice. <laughs> yeah. Did you give money to somebody this week? How many? Yeah. Okay, 15. All right. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, 15. This week, it's 15. But I'm probably boring you. Anyway, so I guess that's enough about financial advice. We should probably wind this sucker up. Every time, you know, I, I try to aim for a specific amount of time. Uh, we never make it. I mean. You got to learn how to fudget the budget. So I was aiming for 30 minutes. What do we do? Oh, we're 40 minutes right now. We're just way past it. Do I get a bonus? Yeah. My brother was always calling me up. He's like, when are you going to take responsibility for this? I'm like, okay, I will. So I got some caller ID. Now I don't have to talk to him anymore about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to find the... Uh... Is that a fiver? No, that dude hasn't come through yet. Because you only paid him $26. I think whatever. he's got another day to come through. He needed 11 days or something like that. All right, so people who are feeling a little bit uh, hopeless about their uh, financial situation this week, don't let your debt kill you. Uh, there is always solutions. There's always opportunity to find good advice. It might not be Damon Day. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to laugh, call me. Yeah. <laughs> Damon Day. DamonDay.com. Give Damon a call if you need help. You can visit me at getoutofdebt.org. This is Steve Rowe. But, uh, hey, you know what? Don't be afraid to give us a call. Leave a voicemail. We will actually seriously answer your question. Hey, this is Steve Rode. If you've got a question you'd like to ask on the Get Out of Debt Guy show, hey, just call and leave us a voicemail. It's simple. 919-391-7976. Don't be afraid to leave us a message, and we'll answer it on the podcast. You know, like, things, things, things could get thick real quick. Hey, we're going to give real answers. <laughs> real answers. That's what we're going to do? We're going to do real answers? Real answers to real questions. That's that's wow, my, that's my life motto. <laughs> well, I hope you survive the... Uh, 
the bomb cyclone out there. We talked, uh, was it, yeah, was talked last time about you got the new fifth wheel trailer. This is a perfect time not to be dragging that around behind you. Oh, yeah, there was a couple turned over on the road. Um, we actually, we saw the bomb cyclone was coming, so we left Monday night with the trailer um, to get to Arizona before the bomb cyclone, but unfortunately the truck decided it was going to have some electrical issues. So anyway, long story short, had to flip around, limp the truck back, winterize the trailer again, put it back in storage, drop the truck off the mechanic two hours north, rent a Tahoe, and then now drive through the storm, hunker down in a hotel just to get Hunter to Arizona by Friday because, unfortunately, I had all the team gear with me, yeah. so we couldn't just jump on a plane and get out there. So it is, yes, yeah, quite the week, but it seems like every time we do these podcasts and you talk about how great it is to for me to have a trailer be able to do this, I'm always sitting in a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trailer's getting- great in storage. Ripped off on Craigslist, caught in a bomb cyclone. But hey, look, you know, you've been headed towards baseball games. Hey, spring training in Arizona, man, you can't beat it. It's a it's a blast, especially if you're in a cold weather client a climate. That's my mom calling me. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, so we better say goodbye. That that's the sound of the end of our careers. <laughs> We have careers? I, I meant to say respect. That's the end of our respect. <laughs> Somebody's no, listened this far. that ship sailed a long time ago, bro. <laughs> yeah. Stop the time. You said, let's do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I will see you later. All right. All right. Hasta luego. Let me hang up here. How do we end this show? I don't know. <laughs>